This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich, and today's episode is called How to Build Healthy Teams and Healthy Bottom Lines. As always, I'll kick off today's episode with a quick story before introducing my guest. I had a difficult conversation with a prospect a few months ago. His name is David, and he did not connect with my message. He wasn't engaged. He was more tuned out than turned on. My initial reaction, I was frustrated. But then I remembered something the great Jim Rohn said, turn frustration to fascination. So instead of feeling frustrated, I became fascinated with my conversation and with this prospect. I had recorded our Zoom meeting so I could listen to the exchange. I transcribed the recording and I read it twice over. I was curious, why did David tune out? Fascinating question. What makes him tick? Fascinating question. What was he hoping for that I wasn't delivering? Fascinating question. So many fascinating questions if you embrace them as an interesting challenge and not a frustrating headache. Our prospects are fascinating. Run with that. The more we embrace this, the more fun and interesting it is to discover prospect stories. And the more we discover prospect stories, the more we can relate to them, the more they'll relate to us, and the more we'll establish mutually beneficial relationships. That's true for marketers and salespeople. That's true for coaches and consultants when they work with clients. It's also true for business leaders in the workplace. How do you as a leader get the most out of the humans on your team? Fascinating question. My guest today will help us answer that and many other questions. Her name is Jeanette Wade. And just like the title of this episode, her focus is always on building healthy teams and healthy bottom lines. Jeanette facilitates, teaches, and coaches the Entrepreneurial Operating System, EOS, to leadership teams at privately held companies. In fact, she is the first expert EOS implementer in the place I live, St. Louis, Missouri. Jeanette has developed a reputation for helping clients get traction on their vision. She does it by leveraging her experience in marketing, innovation, and management. Jeanette has passion for people, insights into the basic human needs that must be met to fully actualize the potential of a team. And that's why she quickly became known as the go-to resource for how to have effective, healthy teams. Jeanette helps organizations harness their people energy and maximize their return on individual. She was named one of the 100 St. Louisans you should know to succeed in business by St. Louis Small Business Monthly. And Jeanette is a featured four books author for her best-selling breakthrough book, 
the human team. So you created a team, but people showed up. So much of what Jeanette teaches about business leadership and team building applies to all of us in all facets of our businesses. That's why I've been looking so forward to this conversation, which, dare I say it, has the potential to be fascinating. Jeanette Wade, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Hi, I can't wait. You're right. This yeah. should be fascinating. <laughs> ah, there, there it is. You, you leaned right into it. So <laughs> this, this book, <laughs> this book, I love the title of the book, The Human Team. So you created a team, but people showed up. So there's a story there. And I'd love you to tell us how you came to title the book that way. And, and what is the underlying story about started a team and people showed up as if that's a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's really 25 years being on teams, whether I was a member of them or leading them. And then the last 10 years with EOS implementation, close to 700 full day sessions with leadership teams. So the executive level teams and organizations. And some of the most common issues I heard on all teams were frustrations around people. Like, well, the team knows what they're doing. We have this process for it. We've trained them. Why are they complaining? Why are they frustrated? Why aren't they accountable? Why are we getting spikes and spurts? We do all these things to them, like training and um, pizza parties and you name it. And they wondered why things weren't sustainable and long lasting. So they were frustrated by people and forgetting that we're human animals that weirdness will show up, you know, our reactions to things show up, the drama shows up. And kind of in a funny way, the book makes fun of that in the title, because much like I say, in the beginning of the book, it's and you mentioned fascination a few times is that human beings are fascinated. And if you're a leader, manager, facilitator, or a marketing person, becoming fascinated by the humans that you interact with is the key to not having that frustration show up and having a real team. Yeah, yeah. And and you made reference a moment ago to we throw pizza parties. Why isn't the team, you know, doing <laughs> what I want them to do? I'm 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 being nice to them, pizza parties, all that stuff. You talk in your work in the book that that distinction between um nurturing and and human nature, nurture nature. Talk a little bit about that and and that reference to the pizza party. Pizza yeah, party. So- And my frustration to try and help these teams have breakthrough, what I was realizing um, that if you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's really about self-actualization and that we really hadn't translated that when teams of people or communities come together, Mm -hmm. relationships come together, that we can team actualize. And what I realized is there was a huge gap between the nature of the people that show up saw these reactions and the chemical fire-offs and the misunderstandings and the drama to what we try to do to people, which is the nurture side. So Mm -hmm. we, we do things to them short-term do the event, the activity, the retreat, whatever it is. And we get these highs coming out of those and then really quickly lows, they aren't sustainable. And I was trying to help fix this with the teams and through experiment, discovery, research said, how can we flip Maslow on his head and get get this concept of needs met so we can bridge the gap from nature to nurture and actually have sustainable, long-lasting, activated human potential, um, actualized teams, return on individual, all these things that managers and leaders and marketers want, but don't know how to get because they just keep doing stuff. And spending right. money and energy versus capitalizing on what exists and getting them out of that nature that's going to show up. We can't avoid it. 
Yeah, and it 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 is so applicable to marketing. I I will hear from marketers. You know, I I I gave them the free ebook, and I you know answered their questions at at the webinar, and uh, I even sent them a birthday note, and I I did all the nurturing stuff, but they're not taking the step to really understand what makes that prospect tick and and what are the real needs of that person and so the connection and the mutually beneficial relationship is never truly built it's it's yeah. applicable to all aspects of of the business so how when you work with business leaders do you begin to make this happen so trying to get them out of the surface level of issues, challenges, and opportunities that they have, they'll express, you know, 82% of the time, it's a people problem yeah. <laughs> at the root. And they'll express those challenges and opportunities they're faced with and saying, what's really behind that? You know, so where where's the disconnect? Where's the inability to contribute together or challenge each other or really, really get to a new space with that human or that team? And many times they're baffled. Many times they don't know what that looks like. They're like, we can experiment and try. We'll do another survey. We'll we'll do another assessment tool. <laughs> They're actively right. seeking the information. They just don't realize it's sitting right in front of them in the basics of humanity. Yeah. And 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 so what are the basics of humanity for those <laughs> who are listening and thinking, all right, well, you're making it sound basic, but I don't know, you know, where to begin. I don't understand human nature, obviously, because I can't make my team uh, function the way I hope it it would function. So where, where do they begin? Where uh, start with the basics? Well, first of all, when you identify that nature has shown up, that is yeah. someone actively seeking safety. So they're water cooling, getting water cooler time with their colleagues to gossip you know, that might be them bonding up to to be more safe in groups um, or you're seeing them not belonging. They're not fully engaging in the team or bringing things forward. They don't have a high level of trust. Mm-hmm. You start seeing that type of thing happen. You know that you haven't had their needs met to get them out of nature. And those needs would be their need for clarity, mm-hmm. their need to know where they fit, where they're heading, what, you know, all the who, what, when, why, and how of things, right? Right. They don't have clarity, so they're going to react and make assumptions and have chemical fire off in their brain on, I don't understand, therefore I'll make a story up. Right. And your customers do that too, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, the need for connection, that's our need to belong at our highest level. The need for contribution, our ability to be our highest, best selves in any situation and be seen for that. Mm-hmm. The need for challenge is about our ability to level up get our highest best use, activate it, and really be a contributing part of a team. And I'm always fascinated that one, that one and the next one are the hardest for most teams. Challenge is the next one. We do have a need for challenge. We may not want it, but we do have a need to keep challenging ourselves. Human beings naturally always have challenged ourselves to create fire or whatever it was. Um, the need for consideration is an obvious one that many of us will default to, but don't do well. Mm-hmm. And then that need to build confidence, yeah. that the team has a need to be a confident, high trust enabled team to move forward yep. and continue the cycle of clarity, et cetera. Yeah. Now, if you all were listening and paying attention, there were a lot of C words there. And I don't know if you were counting, but Jeanette, why don't you go through that list and and repeat all of the C words because they're they're all 
here comes a C word, critical. <laughs> They're yeah. all critical to make this all work. So yeah. go ahead and repeat the list. So they're called the six facets of human needs, or sometimes called the six C's, as you pointed out. So they are clarity, connection, contribution, challenge, consideration, and confidence. Yeah. And so how, how when you go to work with a client and first sit down with that leader, do you begin to bring the six C's into the workplace and put them to work? Many times we begin with clarity because that's Mm -hmm. the first one they can really get their head around and they honestly are not good at it. I always love it when we talk in EOS, um, Gina Wickman's famously quoted as when we talk about our vision component in EOS and we talk about getting eight questions answered in a simplified strategic plan, the next Mm -hmm. piece is it gets SBA or shared by all. And he'll lean in and he'll go, here's how you do that. You must tell them. (laughs) <laughs> He'll whisper it. <laughs> so he says, you must tell them in case I whispered too low. Um, yeah. And many times we don't. As yeah. as marketers, as leaders, as managers, as facilitators, as coaches, many times we think they understand us and they're very clear on what action to take or what part and role they have on a team or what the goals are. Um, a lot of assumptions are made and human beings don't deal well with assumptions. They end up in a fog they end up confused and they make up their own story. And therefore you have a lot of wasted energy and action happening because they're not clear. So always starting with clarity, setting clear goals, setting clear objectives, making sure the team's the right team. They know their, their position on the field. All -hmm. of that is absolutely critical for the beginning stage. And that's typically where I'll begin. Yeah. And, and here again is a direct connection between what you're talking about for leadership and team building and the work that we also do as, as marketers, that, that lack of clarity about why we're doing it, about how we'll get it done, about what the product and service is really intended to do, that is often missing from the marketing. And that's when disconnects happen. And you know, my story of, of the disconnect with the prospect was rooted in great part due to a lack of clarity. I made assumptions about what he needed and why he was coming to me and was talking about things that weren't relevant to him and vice versa. He made assumptions about me and, and we weren't solving that with the, the kind of clarity that I think you're talking about. And what, after clarity, what, what often comes next? Then once once everyone's really clear who, what, where, why, how of things, yeah. a lot of times we don't do a great job of bringing them into the fold or belonging to the community. And mm-hmm. I think great brands do this well at one time and possibly still, but at one time in particular, Apple was really good at this, right? Mm-hmm. It's very clear on, on why they existed in the world and very clear mm-hmm. on what products and services they had. And they created a bonding and connection in that community where people lined up around the block and they... They, they were really engaged with that brand. And that connection is a human need that I need. I have this need to belong. Otherwise, I'm, I'm disconnected. I, 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 am, I am not fully engaged. I'm dysfunctional. Um, we are herd animals. We have this need to be part of small groups. And connection is really key to that. Um, it's what creates loyalty. It's what creates retention. It's it's what moves us forward as a team. And you've ever been part of a team where you didn't belong because we've all experienced that. You know how uncomfortable that is. So working yeah. hard to make sure everyone really has their place 
and that they are fully connected. And a lot of times that'll come from core values and culture. Right. If you are not a core values and culture fit, don't fight against it. They, a lot of times they'll expunge themselves and it's okay. They have a fit in group somewhere else. Yeah. And in, in order for that sense of connection, the employee has to have a sense that the leader gets me. The leader understands my needs. And that's why we keep talking about this, this, the importance of understanding the needs. Because if, if I have the impression that the leader I'm dealing with doesn't understand me, doesn't care about me, if I have the impression that the vendor who's trying to pitch me doesn't understand me and doesn't care about me, I won't have that sense of connection. But when we are able to build a relationship where where the employee, coworker, the prospect says, wow, they know, he knows me, she knows me, they understand what I'm going through. That builds that sense of connection, doesn't it? Absolutely. And last week I had a scenario where clarity and connection played out. I needed to deliver what what could have been a really tough message to a group of people mm-hmm. who were already behind the scenes having water cooler time around the yeah. gossip and panic mm-hmm. in their mind around what they heard something was going to be shared on a topic and they were already making assumptions. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the, I had 10, 15 minutes to share the message, I was leaning on these six C's primarily clarity and connection. And the clarity was we shared a common language as a group. Mm -hmm. So I leaned on that common language, that bond we had on where we were heading and why we came together and what we did in the world. And then I leveraged our connection around it. I literally sat down and said, so human beings connect over fire and tribal situations and community. I said, I'm going to sit down for a little bit of story time because I have a huge message to share here and I want you to be able to hear it. Then I sat down and just got really calm, connected with the audience, injected some humor that wasn't already in the message (laughs) because we need to connect on that level too. So they felt the impact, the softness, the connectedness, the, the humor of it. And literally no reaction from the room of close to almost 150 people. Yeah. And we were expecting at least probably 10 to 20% eruption, which could have been a huge derail of the day and, and impacted the the room. So really just tapping into that in a very subtle way is like, we're going to have a fireside story time taps into that need for, oh, we're all part of a group here listening to the same thing, right? So little subtle ways to be mindful of how can I really be clear and connected with the team I'm going to be interacting with or the audience in which I'm going to be promoting to. Yeah, I love the fact that you brought up storytelling for obvious reasons. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, but, but it really reflects something that I am constantly preaching and and that is that storytelling creates clarity helps us understand what we're trying to it helps us understand our world and storytelling builds human connection mm-hmm. storytelling is a big piece of business leadership how how does storytelling also connect to the other four C's and where does it come? How does it begin to play into the entire operation of team building and leadership? Yeah. So contribution is the next C, the third one. And really, if you are part of the story, 
you see yeah. yourself in it. You you kind if you've ever read a great book, you feel like you're part of it. You're contributing. You're exactly. adding the scenery to it, right? You're you're seeing how they're dressed, and then you're sorely disappointed when the movie doesn't look the same. But <laughs> but the and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off there, Jeanette. That yeah. that you see yourself in the story if the storyteller has crafted it in a way that understands the audience they're trying to reach and crafts the story in a way that you will see yourself. That's not, it's not an accident that you see yourself in the story. It's no. part of the art and craft of the storyteller. And in marketing storytelling, we, we emphasize this idea that these stories you want to tell about yourself, your origin story, me, 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 no one cares about that stuff unless the person you're telling the story to, the prospect or the coworker, can see themselves in your story as well. So it, it's so critical. It yeah, that 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 connection and that that seeing themselves in the story, but you have to actively pursue that and craft your story to make that happen. Absolutely. And sometimes that's great questions that you ask. Yeah. So leaders, marketers asking a great question that activates that ability to contribute and answer it themselves versus you telling them, right? Mm -hmm. um, and also for us with contribution, um, I'll often jokingly say size matters. Mm -hmm. And um, contribution is not only being able to provide and deliver your highest best self, but be in the right size team. So yeah. not many people um, get a new job and say, man, I hope tomorrow I, I don't contribute. But slowly over time, their ability to contribute wanes because they're not allowed to. And some of that is due to the team size. So if it's a team of three to seven, typically, that's collaborative trust. They're able to really collaborate fully and get into a high vulnerable space of trust and conflict. If they're in a team of 10 to 15, that's the breaking point called the Dunbar number where empathy breaks. So empathetic trust is in that size team. And once you cross over 10 or 15, you'll start to notice that there are people who don't contribute or participate. There are people mm -hmm. who dominate, right? The contribution goes off balance. People stop caring about what the group's really about. They're just in it because they were told to. So <laughs> 10 to 15 is the Dunbar number for empathy. And then cultural trust, which I find is a lot of times also trust with your audience and brand is typically mm -hmm. in groups of 150. And a lot of times in marketing, we'll group those 150 into like, these are the 150 in that persona. These are the 150 in this persona, right? We'll kind of group them in that way because they, they build community or cultural trust with each other. Right. And so size does matter for your ability to contribute. And contribution is that two-way street with relationship. Yep. And so if we can't get them activated and contributing, I always start with how big's the group? How big's mm -hmm. the room? What are yeah. we dealing with here? And let's make sure they're in the right size room because they can't contribute if they're not in the right size team to yeah. do so. That's a, that's a critical point. And, and uh, one that uh, I think you're right, that a lot of people don't consider when they begin to explore what's, what's off, what's not working here. So that connection between story, storytelling and the other C's, three more C's here. Three more C's, challenge. Without yeah. challenge, human beings have complacency. Yeah, it's why gamification and marketing and story works because yeah. we are challenged to level it up, collect badges, be more loyal, retention activities. Right, we activate yeah. that need to challenge ourselves to collect. Um, in many cases, for leaders, managers, or facilitators or coaches, 
It's our ability to activate the right level of conflict. And conflict is like, if you're weightlifting, the conflict on your muscle, Right. it gets you stronger. I'm not talking about aggression and negative conflict, right? I'm talking about the trust conflict, the ability to do tough stuff together, the ability to level each other up one degree at a time and not become complacent as a team. And many teams get in ruts. Many, many groups get in ruts because we don't find that little bit of challenge that gets them re-energized around the activity. Yeah. And activity is a critical word here because what you're really talking about is a, a participant participatory sport, a group activity, as opposed to a leader, a boss exerting force and putting upon, you did it wrong. You got to do it this way. I'm challenging you. That's not what you're talking about. What you're talking about is the group coming together and rising together, which is a much different dynamic and, and gamification and storytelling plays such an important role in that. So. Oh, yeah. High-functioning teams that have clarity, are well-connected, belong together, right, are already contributing well, will mm-hmm. naturally challenge each other to get to the next level just out of natural competition in some cases. Yeah. Um, sometimes the fight to still be connected and belong. I don't want to lose this team. I want to be part of it. So I'm going to keep leveling myself up. In EOS, we call it for EOS implementers, we're on a constant journey to mastery. We're always right. in the dojo getting better and better. And I'm always fascinated by the little bits and turns and twists that I can make to become better and better. And we do that for each other when you're a strong team. And all of this feeds upon the other. You, You can't do the challenging as you've described it unless there's a level of trust. And that level of trust doesn't exist without the connection. And so it's all feeding it, itself. And, and uh, I, I just think it's great. It's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, so a lot of these are simple concepts, some already known. In some cases, many of us are doing one of them, but not all six. Right. And I think you just pointed out the key here is that we have six facets of human needs. If you want to shine diamonds or, you know, you know, create fascinating human being interactions, it really is about how are all six of these at play, not just the one I'm really good at? Because some of mm-hmm. us are okay at clarity. Some of us are great at challenging. Some of us are really great at consideration, which is the next one, the fifth one. Consideration is that human beings aren't robots, that we really need to be seen, heard, and acknowledged and, and held in regard, yep. right? So without that, we feel disregarded and we unplug from the system. We unplug from the team. We unplug from the community. We no longer participate with your brand. Right. We, yeah. we, we, we don't feel considered. You don't you don't understand us. And consideration isn't just about throwing more money at it, which is where most organizations spend their time. Loyalty programs that don't work, um, bonus incentive programs that don't work. Instead of just saying, what do they really need to be seen, heard and acknowledged mm-hmm. in a real human way? And listen to that and really follow follow it. And so yep. consideration is key because we're not human doings, we're human beings. Beautiful. Yeah. So a few years back, I came across a massive study that was done on customer churn. Why are customers leaving brands behind? <laughs> and you know, you you talked about all the tricks and tactics that businesses use to try to keep them in the fold. But the number one answer in the survey, I forget who who conducted the survey, but the, the number one answer was I felt 
taken for granted. I felt taken for granted. I wasn't being considered. And, and it, it applies in the conference room. It applies in the marketing arena. It applies across all facets of business. It, it, it's great. Well, the U.S. economy, at least at this point, is service-based, where 100 years ago or so, it was in industry, industry-based, right? Sure. So industrialized. Um, in a service-based economy, we're dealing with people. Yep. <laughs> and sometimes we forget that. We treat it like cogs and widgets instead of people. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you're service-based, you will lose 66% of your audience or your employees without giving enough time and attention or consideration. Yep. It's a huge number of loss for the yep. amount of money you spend just to get one. Jeanette, repeat that statistic because it is a powerful one. 66% will leave your organization or your brand when they don't feel appreciated or considered. Yep. Yep. Amen. Yeah. One more C. One more C is confidence. Yeah. So there's a lot at play with confidence, especially in recent years with Brené Brown. And you'll hear um, all the stories with Sarah Blakely at Spanx about you know, let failure be okay. Let vulnerability be okay. Mm -hmm. Not only at work, but also in marketing. Mm -hmm. Many times we want relatable brands. We want relatable companies. We want to feel confident and high trust. Mm -hmm. And that's really what confidence is. And so there are many ways to um, embrace this, but for marketing and marketers and storytellers, embracing failure, and that goes for leaders and managers too, is probably the biggest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. How you are okay and can get others okay with that failure is where we get our most growth and success, where we create real stories of vulnerability and connection with others mm-hmm. that we can transform together. Too often we try to hide everything or we try to shame others for mistakes. So mm-hmm. we either cover up the poo in the litter box yeah. <laughs> or, right. or we we blame shame, right? Others for yeah. the for the failure. And every time I've ever seen, whether it's marketing, leaders, which internally it's just marketing, leaders and managers are internal marketing, right? To right. say this didn't go so well. It's okay. Here's what we learned. Now yeah. I realize there's a percentage of high risk compliance, you know, death-related failures that are unacceptable, but the vast majority of what we deal with in the world is not brain surgery. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's 90% of the time, the failure is a learning opportunity. I loved your intro because it's, how can I get fascinated by that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it starts both in leadership and in marketing with the willingness, the confidence, the courage to just show yourself as human. You know, you, you don't build a human team and, and make these human connections if you as the leader or you as the salesperson are wearing this mask of perfection, of seriousness. I'm a professional and I'm the top person in my industry and, you know, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. So many people in the leadership's leadership chair, that's a mouthful, or, or in, in selling, take themselves too seriously and, 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 and wear a mask that sort of hides their humanity and they don't allow their vulnerability to come out and they don't allow themselves to, to connect. And so what you're talking about here is, is so, so critical to making the human connections, to 
being believable and trusted and, and, and bringing all of these pieces together. So I just love how we've, we've built this whole story of how leaders do it. And it is so connected. And the last point you made is so important that really in the end, leaders are doing internal, internal marketing. They're trying to bring together an audience around a vision around uh, get them to buy in and to participate in the journey from here's where we are today here's where we want to go tomorrow and it's the same model that i describe when we're selling something you're selling to your prospects a journey here's where you are today here's where you want to be and i'm going to help enable that journey yeah. And the more we have these breakthroughs on a team, getting all six facets of human need met, the higher performance we get. Yeah. And and I had one team, in order to get comfortable with embracing failure, they had um, some core values that were Christianity-based. And mm-hmm. one of his phrases when something wouldn't go quite right was, thank you, God, for this opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and made it really Beautiful. comfortable and safe. Psychological safety is an important topic right now. That yeah. if you can get these six needs met, you're creating psychological safety in your workplace or with your audience. And when you're psychologically safe, you are activated and that human potential shows up. And honestly, 90, I think it was 98% of people perform better when they at least feel confident. Mm-hmm. And so if you can get your audience to be more confident and tr- high trust with you and, and really believe you're real, almost like the Velveteen Rabbit, we are real. <laughs> Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and same for leaders and managers that we really have high trust environments that are capable of handling conflict and innovation and adaptation and all those things we went through a few years ago. High trust teams, high confident teams that got these six facets right, were able to really navigate that without much of a hiccup. Yeah. They didn't have the great resignation at the outcome at the other side of it. They right. they had high performing teams right from the get go who stayed with them and are still with them. Yep, yep, so so true. Now, Jeanette, a lot of people listening, I'm sure, know about EOS. EOS is widely known. It's it's a. I've read the book. I've read Traction. I've read your book. I understand what's going on, and I've actually implemented some EOS. Um, I. I I can't say I'm actively participating in it right now, but I know it and I appreciate it and I know the power of it. For those who don't know about EOS, you've talked about this, the six C's, but tell us a little bit about EOS and and if they want to get started, I want that to segue into how you might be able to help them if you're a good fit for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So EOS is the Entrepreneurial Operating System, was designed for privately held entrepreneurial businesses that have around 10 to 250 employees, Mm -hmm. which is the vast majority of employers. Mm -hmm. And it's a holistic system for helping you get more of what you want from your business in three areas that we call vision, traction, and healthy. So Mm -hmm. vision, we get a simplified, um, aligned, cohesive, same page strategic plan in place, right? Mm -hmm. That's shared by all, we must tell them. And then we get traction um, through the accountability, execution, ability to do small things in a 90-day world, which we call rocks, are the highest priority items in order to get momentum in your organization. And then 
getting a healthy team. So vision, traction, healthy, healthy, cohesive leadership teams, as go they, so goes the rest of the organization. Right. And, and then my book is more of a deep dive into how do you really get healthy teams or healthy groups of people together? Right, right, right. And then in order to take advantage of that, you can go to eosworldwide.com. If you're listening around the country, we have a directory of implementers in your neck of the woods. There's 550 of us or close to that in the world. Um, there's a handful of us here in St. Louis and you can definitely find me in the directory, Jeanette Wade. And I think it's eosworldwide.com forward slash Jeanette Wade. <laughs> yep. If you want to go straight to my microsite and, and you should be able to get all the information and questions answered. We give a lot of things away. As you mentioned, you're already dabbling in it. We give a lot of stuff away for people who want to try a few of our tools in our toolbox and get some benefit for their business. And then we have a lot of organizations, close to 15,000 now, that have used a professional, certified, or expert implementer like myself and have gotten higher growth rates, more profitability, higher trust, um, or what we call the EOS life. Doing what you love, because you used to love it. It's a burden now. Yeah. With people you love, 100% great people, whether they're employees, partners, marketers, clients. So doing what I love with people I love, making a huge difference, being appropriately compensated as an organization or individual, and able to pursue other passions. Because many times in our target audience, they're working 80-hour weeks and never have time for even, even to see a kid's recital, much less a vacation. Yeah. And that list that you just went down... I want people to to go back and listen to it and ask themselves, which of those boxes do I check? Do I check all of them? Do I check none of them? If I don't check all of them, well, maybe buy the book at least. Uh, but <laughs> how, how contact how, me and I'll send you a free copy. Yeah, There's there one. it is. So how do how do people connect with you outside of the EOS channel? You have your own website. You have social media. Uh, what's the best way to get in touch directly with you? Really, the best way is to reach out through the website. Um, yeah. Whether it's directly through my EOS website, if you're interested in EOS, or my my speaking engagement website plus my my book website, which is business-alchemist.com, yep. and happy to help you there. And it also connects over to my EOS business. So um, that's probably the easiest central portal for all the topics we cover today. <laughs> yep. Business-alchemist.com. Yep. Right. And are you active on social media, Jeanette? I am. I'm mostly active on LinkedIn and dabble in Facebook. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Anything else you want to share with the audience before we go? You know, I think your intro is probably the best close is that if you can, when human beings show up or when people show up, whether in your marketing environment as a, as customers or your audience or in your business on your team or people you're leading and coaching is really to become fascinated by that nature, that human that has just shown up. They are a human being, not a human doing. And you want to activate that human potential and get a team actualized together to achieve. You really need to look at these six facets of human needs in order to really um, unleash that potential. Because many times, we're only focused in one or two areas and not all six. Yep. Yep. Well, I think we checked the fascinating box. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Jeanette, I'm going to go back and I'm glad we recorded it because I'm going to go back and listen to it. I encourage everybody who is tuned in right now to do that themselves because there is a lot of gold 
that you dropped on us today. And uh, I encourage everybody to go and find Jeanette, make a connection, dig into the six C's, uh, make sure that you're checking those boxes that she described at the end of the conversation. And uh, if, if not, or even if so, reach out to Jeanette because I know she can help. So Jeanette, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Look forward to connecting again. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business-building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Sometimes I